want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to start Click. the pot. about the person who didn't understand uh, opposites, didn't know what the opposite of the word down was. So he asked a bunch of men that he knew. And what did he say? What's up, guys? James Gutman here on High Pod. I'm Dad with another corny opening. It is Friday. It is summer. It is July. July. Best birthday month. Yeah, it is. Welcome back to another edition of the podcast. Whether you caught me on Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, things that don't exist anymore, anywhere you can get a podcast, you can get this very podcast. So thank you for finding me wherever you did. Hopefully, if you found me on highpodomdad.com where all our archives are, you bookmarked it, you go back to it, uh, check it out every single time you come back. Thank you so much for all your support. Yeah, man. Been a good week. Been a big week. A lot going on. My son, of course, as I was talking about for a while there, is starting his new school, uh, heading out on his little bus. And I don't know, there's always growing pains getting used to a new situation, standing by it. I think that's one of the things, too, I've talked about as a parent, worrying about some of the decisions we make for our kids. And I think for a lot of parents in my position, it's always that initial off-to-school feeling that can make you worry Hope everything's okay. It's hard when your kid is nonverbal. And I think I think a lot of us have the same fears when it comes to that. And one of the reasons we have that fear is because I've seen so many news broadcasts of terrible things happening to people who are nonverbal, you know. And I've been watching this since before I had Lucas. It's something, it's um I don't want to say a trope, but it's a it's a storyline thing. It's something you see on the news once in a while. It's these weird kind of fear-based news stories that make you worry. And you start wondering, what would I do? Would I hide a recorder in his bag? Do I go there? I got to be honest with you, it's leaps of faith. It really is. And it sounds so hard to put out there, but you have to, you have to trust the place where you send your child. You have to trust your own instincts. You have to trust, trust the fact that there are good people in the world. Now, don't get me wrong. Bad things happen. Uh, bad people are out there, but I don't know. I think you could conceivably, with a boy like mine, live your entire life in fear, not wanting to send him anywhere, not wanting to be around people if you're not there, worrying all day about how they're they're treating him. And that's not even just sending him to, you know, the school that's uh, you know fairly far away from where I am, a special needs school, but even sending him locally, sending him around people, leaving him with a babysitter, having him out of my sight for any amount of time. It's flying blind. It is. You have to trust whoever you're leaving your child with. And for some parents, either they never do it um, or they do it and they worry constantly. And it, it really, that's one of the one of the things about being uh, a parent to a boy like mine that is so prevalent. And I don't know if a lot of people take that into account. I think most people hear about having a nonverbal child 
And their immediate thought is communication. How do you talk to this kid? How do you know? Because people will ask me questions. I said before, they'll come to me timidly and say that they want to ask me something but don't want to insult me. And of course, my mindset is, this is going to be some crazy stuff you're going to ask me. And nine times out of 10, it's just like, you know, how does he tell you he's happy or something like that? I'm just like, this doesn't offend me. This is sweet. I appreciate you wanting to know about him. I want to tell you about him. I want to explain it to you. And when it comes to communication, there are definitely some question marks and some things that we don't know. But I feel fairly secure when talking about communication. It's easy to talk about communication because we learn to do that every single day. And in some respects, we're really good at it. In some respects, we have you know things to work on. But it's an easy, I don't say an easy fix, but it's the first thing you think of. So it's one of the first things you work on. And you work on it diligently as they grow up. Some questions... Like, what's going to happen when I die? It's terrifying, and there's no answer for it. And it's a question that every single special needs parent asks themselves. And most of them are like me. Because no matter how set up you have your kid, no matter how ready you are for whatever the next step is for them, you always feel like you haven't done enough. You always worry about what's gonna happen when you're gone. And I'll tell you this, man, this goes not just for a special needs child, but for any child. As you guys know, in 2012, I had heart surgery. I've talked about it on here. It was a quintuple bypass at the, uh, you know, my mid thirties. I was so young that when I went to that, all anybody talked about was how young I was. Wow, how'd this happen? This whole explanation, genetics, family history, you gotta go through all these different things. But at the end of the day, all I know is that I was having major surgery, having never had surgery before in my life, and assuming on the ambulance ride over before we had this big discussion about what is what it is, well, say big discussion, but before having any discussion about what specifically was going to happen to me and how I would recover from it, I thought I was dead. I thought, this is it. I'm going to die having the surgery because I grew up in the 80s. And in the 1980s, I mean, I kept thinking about, I talk about TV a lot because a lot of, a lot of TV is my my upbringing history. I'm like the guy from Dream On. See, I even reference TV when referencing TV. I'm like Martin Tupper on Dream On on HBO. There's a lot of people right now listening to this going, oh my God, I forgot about it. Yeah, you did, didn't you? I'm like Martin Tupper on HBO. A lot of my upbringing was involving television. So a lot of my interactions with the world now go back to TV. And I remember when I had my heart surgery, I remember the episode of Too Close for Comfort where Ted Knight, you know, Mr. Rush, had had a heart attack and he he might have to have heart surgery. I don't remember if it was a bypass or whatever, but the entire episode was them crying in the waiting room. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, well, James, he's, he's alive, right? He lived through the show. He's not alive now, but he lived through the show. So it wasn't that bad of an episode. He got through the heart surgery. He didn't have heart surgery. In the end, he comes out and he goes, hmm, there's just a little gas like that, <laughs> like that. So in my head growing up, like, oh, you died during heart surgery, but he didn't have a heart attack. He's okay. So here I am having heart surgery. I'm like, I'm dead. I didn't die. It turns out that, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much Superman at this point, but don't don't tell people. They get jealous. Um, no, I mean, at the end of the day, I thought I was really in bad shape. And I thought realistically about what life was going to look like without me. I looked at my kids. I looked at where I was. I wondered who was gonna who was gonna raise them, who was gonna be the one after me. I'm not talking about my ex-wife, who was my wife at the time, but just like the people who are gonna come around without me there. Because you realize that too. You know, the people who are around when you're not around differ sometimes from the people who are around when you are around, depending on the kind of person you are. And I kind of have this thing, 
just with my kids and the people I love, like I, I fiercely defend these people. So if I'm not there, I don't know, sometimes strays come in. <laughs> and even in the absence of these stray dogs, like it's, it's a matter of me not being there for my kids and not just Lucas, but my daughter as well. It was this thought process of no matter how confident I am. And I was confident again. I knew that my kids were going to be taken care of financially. I knew that they had family and they had things like that. But I kept thinking to myself, I haven't done enough. I can't leave unless I've done enough. And that is something that as my daughter gets older and you know she has her own life and she's, you know, one day gets married, all these things, whatever she ends up doing, my son is going to need assistance forever, man. I mean, I, I would hope it's a minimal amount of assistance, but realistically, I'm not going to turn around and be like, he's going to run for president. He's got a lot to work on. He's going to need a lot of help. And that is something that makes the worry about me not being there to help him a constant, constant thought that just runs in my head. And I think all special needs parents have that. You find people talk about that. They talk about that. They talk about potty training that I don't talk about. Just so you guys know too, if you're listening to this and you're one of the people who's asked me about potty training, I don't talk about potty training. I always look at it like, regardless of wherever my son is on that, you know, on the level of being potty trained, I always think of it as, you know, I don't, if I was him and I was verbal and I was, um, you know, uh, conscious of everything that was going on, I would want people talking about my my bathroom habits, whatever they may be, you know? So I give him that respect. I won't talk about it. I won't put it out there. It is what it is. If he was a, a baby, if he was a toddler, maybe that, but like he's, he's a 12 year old boy. He has a right to his privacy, whether or not he is and what he's doing, that's all on him. Right. So I don't talk about that either, but that's an issue. Parents think about all the time, but you don't hear a lot of special needs parents talking about it because it's a subject that doesn't come up, but it's something that's on, on their minds. And of course, as I said before, sending your child away when you're not there requires trusting people. Sometimes people you haven't even met, and that's just how life goes. And I know people who do it the other way. I've known people who have kept their kid home out of fear of sending them to school. And it's so hard because I've talked to these people. And as somebody who sends my son to school, I'm an advocate for it. I want them, you know, get your child educated, do whatever you can to do it. But by the same token, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell anybody not to, or to do it or whatever. That's not my choice. And as a parent who's been in that position, while I might not make that choice to not send my, my child to school, I can't. What's the term? I ain't hating on it. Like I can't, I can't judge anyone else for that. It's their, it's their kid. And I know, I know how difficult it is. So yeah, I think we all have to, we have to realize sometimes that there's a a whole world of concern that can come up with raising any child, much less a a nonverbal child. And it's one of those things that we don't talk about. So that's why I have this podcast and that's why you guys are listening. And that's why I appreciate you coming here every Friday and listening to me talk about it means the world to me. Do me a favor too. If you like what you hear on this podcast, you'll like what you read in the blog. It's highblogomdad.com. It is the blog that kicked it all off. It is the thing that began everything we do here twice a week. I post about my kids Monday, Wednesday. The last few weeks have been insane. We've gotten, you know, it's blown up again, as the kids say, blown up. Uh, It's done really fantastic. And I thank you guys so much for all your support, um, whether it's on social media any social media. I am Hi James Gutman. That's Threads. That's Twitter. That's Facebook. That's Instagram. You can find me on any of those. But Hi Blog I'm Dad is available on Facebook as well. So check it out. Thank you so much for your support. I will be back next Friday with a brand new podcast. I'll be back Monday, Wednesday with new blogs. And until next time, this is James Gutman saying, "Be well, bye, Pod." <laughs>